As I mentioned earlier, we're privileged to have Penny and Rose here this morning from Kin Women. And for those of you who don't know, Kin Women is an online community of women that have encouraging and useful conversations around the place and uh, have lots of great things to say. So it's a real privilege to have them join with us today. So I'm going to invite them to the front. Let's just give them a big welcome as they come. got to thinking about this packet of seeds and I turned to my mum who's here this morning I said don't give me a packet of seeds they're not going to grow I just I just know it it's just so my and my mum said yeah me too and I said what do you mean you two she's great sorry oh okay still behind me um she's she's a you're a great gardener you're crazy and she's got the cow she lives up in Kalamunda here so do you have good soil up here or do you have to kind of create good soil up here so, it's rocks, yes. Well, anyway, her garden's phenomenal, um, and she's constantly changing it. <laughs> Does anyone else have one of those? Anyone, like, constantly change the garden? Oh, my gosh, I've just seen an old friend. Hello. <laughs> I haven't seen you for years. <laughs> um, do you want me to have a different one? Okay, what about I use the one behind me? Sorry, we'll just, you know, just say hello to the person next to you this morning. Just, um... Yeah, this is great. This is super. Getting ourselves sorted. Okay, so, um... Okay, what's the time? 10 o'clock. No, I did not have breakfast in bed this morning. Um, I had Vegemite on crackers um, and my, my teenage daughter, who's the only one still at home, I have twin boys who are nearly, they're 27, like, you know, and he rang me, he FaceTimed me on the way up in the car up here this morning. I, was, I came up with Rose and it's like, we're looking and going, when did you become like an adult? Like, what is this? Like, it's just wild. Anyway, he, he lives in Melbourne, so... Him and Asia gave us a call, that was really nice. And my other son is currently in Portugal at the moment. They're both architects, so go figure that. So he's doing some architectural work over there and loving it. And he did the Mother's Day thing last weekend because in Europe they celebrate Mother's Day a week earlier. I said, I'm sorry, Dar, you got the wrong weekend. He goes, not over here. He goes, I figured you, want, you needed a, a Mother's Day Portugal love. And I just thought, oh, that's nice. But my 16-year-old daughter was still in bed when I left. <laughs> and I said, okay, I knocked on the door. Hey, sweetie, I'm going now. And she goes, oh, 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 I was going to come with you. I went, yeah, right. <laughs> like as if you were really going to come with me. But anyway, she did give us the love. And then uh, she got some love from Auntie Rose as well. So that was nice. So that's, that's kind of my motherhood. Rosie, are you good there? Oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, Leeds City here. It's all right. You're all good? Yes. So that's kind of me from a motherhood point of view. And my mum's here this morning, so I'm very grateful for that. That's cool. Um, so, Rosie, you want to tell people a little bit about yourself? I'm just still... What, what am I saying? Hello, good morning. Rose Parker here. How are you? <laughs> my Mother's Day. Well, I had a gig last night. So <laughs> Dudley was there. We had a fabulous time at Clancy's. I'm from Fremantle, so I'm part of a big original music community down there. We had a night of joy. 
And, uh, and so the house was very quiet. I also have a son who works late nights, so it was very quiet. It was just me and the cat. The husband's on site. So I grabbed my gear, made a protein shake and headed out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Had to make sure the body is nourished. But um, I will enjoy visiting my mum this afternoon and then I'm being taken to dinner. So that nice. will be at the end of the day. I love that. Everything will be done and it'll just be... <sighs> nice. Yeah. With the adult children. But when, when Penny's boy was FaceTiming her, she, she took the message, you know, technology, how amazing. She, she's having a face-to-face -face call on her phone as I'm driving. And Jackson's like, Mum, you're not driving, are you? <laughs> I said, she might be a great multitasker, Jackson, but she can't drive and have a FaceTime no, message no, no. at the same that, time. Well, I could, but it wouldn't be right. And then I saw this bearded man on the phone, her son, and I just looked at Penny. I mm. said, when did they become adults? When did the children become adults? Because Penny and I have known each other since we were 18 years old, since I walked into the church that her parents ran. And we've been 18-year-olds serving on the platform like the young people yeah, this yeah. morning I was looking in at worship. The, I was look, watching the girl and the young yeah. people up this yeah. morning. I'm going, that was us. That was us. Serving. We used to coordinate our outfits. Yes. That was a very big thing yes. in those days. Yes. Stockings. Stockings. Court were a must. shoes. Yes. yes. Court shoes. Well, well, long, long, yes. long skirts. Long skirts. Pearls. Lady Diana. Think Lady Diana. Yes. Where we are. And part of us being here today is loving the fact that we get to celebrate a friendship that's now over 30 years, that's seen us as women go through all those seasons of life of mm. marriages, births, deaths, deaths divorces. Yeah. Finding your way again, illness, yeah. kids, yeah. all that stuff. So it's a real joy to be here with you all this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so we are celebrating mothers here today, but we're also celebrating all nurturers, all women who are nurturers. And I have dedicated today to my mother-in-law, and I'm going to hold it together. And I've got a photograph that I want to show. My mother-in-law has lived with us for nearly six years. And so you kind of get pretty close in that kind of setting. And um, have we got the photo? We'll get the photo up in a minute. And um, she's lived with us for nearly six years. And two months ago, she was diagnosed with cancer. She's 83, so she's kind of pretty happy with her life. And this is, these are her final days, and there is no treatment. And that's, and that's okay. And so we're seeing, we're following her on that journey. And... It's a really interesting journey as a generation underneath. You know, you, you so revere and honour for what they have given you and the shoulders you stand on and everything else and you just want to honour. And so today I thought I wanted to show a picture. Have we got it? Is it cool? Can we put the picky up? It's not happening. Anyway, that's okay. If we get it up at any time, just come and knock me on the, on the, on the shoulder or whatever and I'd like to put it up. But... The photograph was taken in Royal Perth Hospital. She's now in palliative care and it's a beautiful place. So honouring this place. I can't talk enough about the staff and, and just how beautiful it is. But um, this picture was taken of three nurses. My mum was there. She was a nurse and she's in the middle. And then her sister who'd flown over from Melbourne to be with her this week was there as well. And she's got this great big laughter, this great big f face and... Um, it's just a joy at the moment. So today is acknowledging and dedicating it to her, but to all those mothers, nurturers, those of you who have lost your mothers and have lost the nurturers, nurturers in your life. Um, 
really, we really just want to say, we see you. We see you. We get it. And uh, we want to honour you. So that's kind of like the... <laughs> okay, makeup cannot, cannot, cannot run here. It's all cool. But um, we're going to look at today, what does motherhood look like for previous generations? What does motherhood look like for today? Because you know what? The pressures today are very, very different. We want to talk about that and the challenges that it brings, but how we can do it well, how we can ditch the mummy shame so often in our um, society today. So we thought we would start off by talking about our grandparents a little bit. How many of you are grandparents in here? All the hands... Ah, good job. Okay. So got a lot of grandparents in here. And I was, I, my grandparents, so I'm English, right? So they're kind of, they're back there. And I did have some beautiful seasons with them. But there's a couple of things I wanted to say about my grandparents that I acknowledge. Because the times were really, really different. And I don't get it. I, I don't understand that. I haven't felt it. But one of my grandmothers, um, they were war brides, obviously. So they, they were married. And one of my grandmothers had her baby, mum, and then that same week her husband went off to war and they didn't see, what, seven years? Wow. Six, seven years. So there she was raising a child on her own for all those years. And my mum didn't really know her dad, but she held the fort and she worked as well later. She was a secretary, you know, like one of those Pittman shorthand kind of ladies. And, um, yeah, I just want to honour that. And then one of, the other, my, one of my other grandmothers was in a similar situation, had her children, um, partner went to war. She had to look after a farm with cows and sheep. She used to make her own butter every morning. Like, what is that about? Like, patting the butter. She actually also had this little entrepreneurial business off the side to make ends meet, which was to sell antiques and knickknacks and, and everything else. So it's kind of really, it's different. Like, I can't imagine wow. that. Wow. So they didn't have washing machines and microwaves. No, no, no. They had the, you know, the roller yeah, one? Yeah, the ringer. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the ringer. ringer. Yes. On the phone. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So they had so much more, I was going to say, they didn't have more time, but they did so much manually. Yeah. And there was a different challenge then, wasn't it? Yeah. A lot more manually. Yeah. My grandmother was one of eight siblings. There were seven girls and one boy. They farmed at 2J and because they had a farm, um, so I have these gorgeous great aunts who all were members of the Red Cross and baked cakes and went into the royal show with their cakes and scones and ran farms, always wore a frock dress and a handbag and hats. <laughs> my, hats. Oh, hats, hats, yes. And I went to visit my great aunt Anne. She was the last one left and now that all the others had gone, including my grandmother, I realised how important it was for me to know some of that history and where they'd come from and where I come from. So I sat one day and had a cup of tea with Auntie Anne, who was 92 at the time. And I said, tell me what it was like growing up at Foggathorpe on 2J. She said, well, we had a big farm and we had to work it because Dad didn't... He only had one son. So during the week, we girls had to work like men. They, I've got pictures of the seven of them astride horses rode horses, helped bring in the harvest of the wheat and the sheep, etc. She said, then on the weekend, we had to put on those ridiculous dresses and I've got this great picture of them in front of a Model T Ford in 1920 in a picnic. They're on a day picnic, 
all the men are in three-piece suits with hats and tie pins and all the ladies are in black silk Victorian dresses and hats and the young girls are in their white muslin dresses. In Australian heat. In Australian heat. That was a Sunday picnic. And she said, honestly, and I just thought about the work that went into looking like that in that. And they said, and of course, on Monday, mother's first job was to make 400 pounds of butter. Same, and then would sell it. Mm. So they made their living from their own hands and their land. And it's just really interesting, isn't it, to paint that picture. And some of the young people in this room may never have heard of that. That's, just, that's Australian life 100 years ago. And, and here we are today complaining about all the things we've got to do and fit into our busy lives and so we thought we'd explore some of that a little bit more. Yeah, and then my mum's generation, so that's kind of like the little one in between. It was kind of like you were working more. So you kind of, I mean, you know, teachers, doctors, not teachers, uh, doctors, teachers, nurses, nurses and secretaries. And secretaries. Were the that was kind of like the options, really, wasn't it, mum? <laughs> Um, so you were that was the generation that was starting to work a little bit more, but still home was like absolutely central. Yeah. Like, I just think like I can't. We, we didn't have takeaways growing up. I mean, like I just kind of think. It's also because it didn't exist. Did it, it didn't exist. There was I think certainly there was no a, Uber Eats, honey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I think there was a fish and chip shop up the road somewhere on a yeah. Sunday night if you were really good. Yeah. So, but I mean, like cooking was essential. You know, I remember mum making our clothes like, yeah, it was like the home was still incredibly vital. And then we, then we shoot forward to the generation today and I'm still a mum of a 16-year-old but I've also got the 20. So I, we had a big gap. So I kind of get a little bit of the new mum's pressures um, but we've got friends who are kind of a little bit younger than us and mums aren't starting to be mums until like their 30s now which is when I had my last one. So it's, it's really different now. And the pressures and what it looks like is really different. So on one hand, I'd say we have so much more conveniences to do things, but I think there are hugely higher expectations on us mm. as mothers. The financial pressure in the home is greater than I think I've ever seen it. Um, the pressure to, and these are internal voices, but they're fueled by the, the pressure to be it all and have it all, and even to do it all, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I think I think there is a lot of things you can have, but you can't do it all. Like you just can't, and that usually comes down to money. Um, and I think motherhood is hard. Like I watch my friends, and it, it almost seems like it's a daily mountain to climb, rather than a meadow to enjoy. Like, that's what I hear it in their voices and I just think there's just so much pressure on mums today. You know, we've, we've always had the external expectations. We've got the expectation of the generation that came before us, right? Like, my mum would have a lot to say about how I parent. Um, <laughs> actually, I have to say she's been very good, but every now and again it creeps out. Like, um, and so it should. So you've got I the external... Say, yeah, okay? yeah, and it, absolutely, so, so it should. Um, we've got the expectations of these subcultures, like a church. This is a subculture right here. You know, there will be expectations on mothers in here on how you should be a mother and how your kids should behave. I remember one person actually telling me, because I was um, a pastor at the time, and the principal of the local Christian school said to me, <laughs> said to me, Penny, I would have expected more of your children. Ooh. 
well, that just got me going, didn't it? <laughs> I'm thinking, my kids are just like your kids. Right. Give me a break, you know what I mean? So those, those cultural expectations, um, the expectations of friends and who we hang out with. Um, yeah, there's just, we've got all this pressure from the, from the outside. And more than ever before, it's coming into our homes, isn't it, through social media. Social media, And huge. media. You know, my grandmother lived on a farm. I'm thinking of her 100 years ago. You know, if they saw someone on a Sunday, it was a treat. And today we are consuming mm-hmm. people's other people's lives and viewing what they're doing on a daily basis, even if we don't want to. And we thought about the pressure that that puts on young women and young mothers to, as Penny said, feel like they have to be it all, have it all, do it all, while looking perfect and having the latest everything. Um, Penny works in an area of health and she deals with women and mental health a lot. I'm also a health professional. And what we know is that the rates of depression and anxiety are rapidly rising. And in a world where we should be feeling more, where we technically are more connected, Mm -mm. people have never felt so disconnected. Um, Yeah, my, my husband, who's a psychologist, he talks about this and he just says... Innately, we were born to be part of a tribe. We were born to be part of a tribe to to know how we fit into that tribe, to know our contribution. And when it's in like a like the old old days, I'm going back hundreds of days. Your tribe was here. Your your tribe was here. It was local, and you knew your place. And you were comparing. You're saying, "Am I fitting in store?" Because if you didn't fit in, like you felt you were out. Because that was how you survived. Whereas now, shoot forward hundreds of years, we're not just comparing ourselves with our little tribe here in this environment in the hills of Kalamunda with the people who kind of, you know, a little bit like us. And, and Pen, that comparison and that looking at the people in your tribe was really to work out, as you said, where you fitted in yeah. and what your contribution, what your place was, what where your you contribution belong. could be yeah. to Absolutely. serve and be, you know, like you would in this church, yeah. you know. That's a real community, isn't it? a real humanness mm. rather than this mm. external, seeing what someone's doing 100,000 miles away. That's right. Um, so now what mm. we're doing is we're comparing ourselves with women and mothers and grandmothers and families. The other side of the world different cultures, different economic environments, different means, different colours. And on one hand, it's beautiful, but the challenge is how on earth are we going to feel like we belong? We're not. And the anxiety of social media now is so high because you're constantly scrolling through and going, oh my gosh, where do I fit? How do I fit? I'm not like her. Oh, I, don't, I haven't got that. Um, yeah, but that's because like no it's one... huge. It's huge. But that's because no one posts pictures of their worst days. Yeah, well, that's days, exactly right. When was the last time we posted a picture of us losing it in the corner when our kids... Exactly right. Bad hair day. Here's my post. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so sing about it, Rose. Well, this song was born... Um, it's about 10am. I'm a, I'm a songwriter and I write songs about being a West Australian woman living here. And I spend a lot of time in the folk and country music scenes. Um, So this song was born literally at about 10am on a Monday morning as I stood in the supermarket checkout in, you know, like like you are on a Monday morning, pretty av. And and I was faced with that wall of glossy magazines and these perfect faces, these perfect women's faces looking back at me. 
extolling their fabulous lives mm -hmm. and their number of children and their international work and their, and their personal diets personal. and how they've lost five kilos in two weeks. And I just was like, oh, really? And I looked around and I went, you know, no one I know gets to live a life like that. But the women I know are amazing. They could be on any of these covers of this magazine because they are living amazing lives, doing amazing things. The ordinary, everyday women that juggle 50 balls from running a house to picking up kids to marking homework to taking them to athletics training to the doctors to making sure lunches are packed to maybe going out and working 25 hours a week. The lot. Girls, you know what I'm talking about. So this is for the everyday kind of women to step away from that comparison and love the skin you're in. <laughs> She stands at the supermarket, check out and flicks through a magazine And she smiles at the pretty faces of the stars of the silver screen And she wonders if they are as beautiful as those airbrushed photos suggest As she casually glances down at her size 32 natural shaped breasts Cause she's an everyday kind of woman Living an everyday kind of life She's somebody's mother, somebody's daughter Somebody's sweetheart, someone's ex-wife And one day she could be a grandma Sharing the wisdom of her years Of the life she lived Between the laughter and the tears Oh, a woman's tears She's living her days, not just counting the years so she smiles at the face in the mirror The one that's smiling back at her And the lines that retrace the years Of her triumphs and her fears And the twinkle in her eyes suggests The best is yet to come Cause she's learned some lessons And now it's time to run wild and free It's the making of you and the making of me She's an everyday kind of woman Just living an everyday kind of life She's somebody's mother, somebody's daughter Somebody's sweetheart, maybe some lucky bloke's wife And one day she could be a grandma Sharing the wisdom of her years mm -hmm. Of the life she lived between the laughter and the tears Oh, a woman's tears She's living her days, not just counting the years So she stands at a crossroads in her life And looking back in time She remembers summer days Barefoot and running wild When she dreamed of life beyond the stars She discovered Venus and she crashed on Mars And now the kids are leaving school And she's wondering what she's gonna do Because she's been the doctor and the teacher She's the taxi driver and the preacher She's the training coach and the cheering squad She's got a 3G hookup to a living God She's a work in progress, a CEO She's the star of her own reality show She's worth more than an image on a TV set Cause she's real, alive And why you see is baby why you Cause she's an everyday kind of woman Just living an everyday kind of life She's 
somebody's mother, somebody's daughter, somebody's sweetheart, maybe some lucky bloke's wife. And one day she could be a grandma, sharing the wisdom of her years, of the life she lived between the laughter and the tears. Only a woman's tears, living her days, not just counting the years. No, no, no. Because she's living her days, not just counting the years. Thanks. I love that song so much. I'm in there somewhere. I got a text. For those of you who this church is your home, you know Kelly Chisholm? I got a text from her this morning, and she's prepping to speak at another church. And she said, I've woken this morning to prep for my message and there are no children in the home. Oh, oh wow. and she goes, change is inevitable, oh, you know. Easy. And I said, yeah, learning to, learning to mum from afar. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's a big one, isn't it? But anyway, we thought we would actually just give you a few little principles, a few of our thoughts on how to keep centred, how to um, keep grounded and anchored when there's a lot of potential for discontent and comparison and to get the mummy guilts and the, the grandma guilts, whatever. Like there's just so much pressure out there. And so we're just going to give you a few little thoughts. And our first thought is this, is be really clear about your values in your home and as a mother. Because your values anchor you when you're criticised, when you've got all these expectations flying at you, whether it's through social media or whether it's part of your cultures or subcultures or your schools. I mean, what's this thing about, like, school lunches nowadays? Like, oh, my gosh. Now, I have to say, like, there's a lot of things I've been good at as a mum. Yes. Um, Lunches? Not lunches. No. No, no. 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 So, (laughs) not lunches. No. And it's not like I give them trash. It's just that... Food, you know, food is fuel, just eat it, move on. Like, just, that's what it is. So I've kind of very been very neglectful with the, the sandwich. And, in fact, I, my daughter does her own. Well, that's good training for her. <laughs> yeah, it is good training yeah. for her, but she's probably, got, she's probably taken my uh, bad habits on that one. But there's, there's lots of things I'm good at. But anyway, pack lunches. I remember, Mum, you were good at pack lunches. I remember the greaseproof paper, like the sandwiches were wrapped in. Anyway, um, but anyway, be really clear about your values because you're going to be pushed and pulled all the time. And I was, I was thinking about, as a mum, what are some of the values that I think we've really tried to uphold. And one of them is that, as a family, you can express your emotions honestly, but you've got to keep kind. Like, it's been really important to us as a family and to, you know, as a mum, as a dad as a child in our home, it's okay to express your emotions honestly, but you've got to make sure you keep kind in that. And if you need to pull yourself away to your room for a little while, then that's okay too. But you know what I mean? Like, don't hide them. Another one we said was, you know, you value the functionality of things above price. And it didn't have to be new. It didn't have to be designer to be good. In fact, if it did the job... It was good enough. And so as a family, secondhand is absolutely okay. I think half of my house is furnished by things that have come from previous generations and mainly curbside collection. (laughs) I am one of those people that goes out at night Uh with my car 
and is on the hunt. Like oh. I've had like couches on my roof. <laughs> like my kids are hanging out the door holding things. And don't they love going with you? It's oh, like they a love big it. Scavenger Absolutely. Hunt, it? It's a Fabulous. lot of fun. And if, it, and if it doesn't work out, you get it back and you just put it out again because you know they come around your streets. But yeah, second hand is okay. In fact, you were throwing out two Persian rugs that I took from your garage and are now in my backyard. It was because I kind of like had them a long time and I, I kind of thought, you know what, someone else needs to have these and then Thanks. she comes to my house <laughs> and goes, oh, they look good. And so she takes them. But I agree, it's the value of things, isn't it? Yeah. Like you said, not, not, not necessarily the, the dime value. Yeah. We, was it you did an op shop Christmas one year, didn't you? I, we did. Yeah, yeah. You had to, everyone had to give each other a present yeah, from yeah. an op shop. Yeah. That was great. We did that the next year. It was so good. Yeah, it's very cool. Things like openness over secrets. You know, like you just, just whatever your values are, get really sure about them because they'll anchor you when you're being pulled. You know, what do they say? You know, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Why? Because he's not sure what on earth his anchor is. You know, the mother's just not sure. Another thought we had was, you know, clarify your priorities for the season. Because seasons change and you have to be able to flex and you have to be able to shift. Um, and it's inevitable that things will change. You know, there will be seasons where there is great bounty financially in your home and you'll be able to do different things. But then there'll be seasons when, you know what, you don't have much. And it's absolutely okay. And it's absolutely okay not to try and have to keep up and to be creative in what that looks like. And it's absolutely okay, ladies, to have a dress that you wear over and over and over again in front of the same people. Like, what is it that oh, we have this really? thing? I know, I know. And it, this is really important for young mums and those 20 to 30 and 30 to 40, are, like I'm, my son's 29, and I, I was talking with him about that season from 30 to 40. It, it's hard graft. You know, you're paying off a mortgage, you're raising kids. You're, I call that the in-the-trenches decade, mm. you know. And what, what Penn's saying is just gold to have to know what your values are so that you are not getting pulled into this consumer-driven, consumer-worshipping um, environment mm. um, and to actually make a stand against... Not even get... But do not participate that into a level where it causes you discomfort or distress. Mm. And being able to be open and honest about it. Like I know my husband studied later in life, mm. second half of life for like, you know, oh, it seemed like forever. Well, it was forever, like five or six years, you know. And that meant our mortgage actually it grew bigger, you know. And he was studying full time and we knew it was the right decision, but I had to be honest. Like, we can't do this, guys, as friends, you know. Come over and I'll cook for you rather yeah. than we'll go out and meet you out, you know. And it's absolutely okay to be honest about those changes and your seasons. A third thought was this is value your current season as a mother. And I think sometimes I hear a lot from maybe young mothers slightly younger than me, like, I can't wait until... You know, I can't wait until they're in school. I need my time. And you know what? I totally get, like, I need a, a bit of a break. I need some me time. Like, that's okay. But there just seems like it's the expectations as a mother to be it all and have it all and get back out to work and get the stuff. And, to, like, the push is huge. And that what it does is it just makes you strive so much and the discontent is so high. Really value your season as a mother. And I'm going to say this, value your season as a mother of teenagers. 
<laughs> and you know what? I'm in that trench right now. And it's very easy because you know what? It's very tough for them, let me just say. Like I'm trying to keep up, but I can, I can assure you like, you know, it's, it's tough. And it's tough for them. And I have this little saying that says, the goal is Penny, I'm to be less anxious than my teenager. That's the goal as a parent, <laughs> a is to be less anxious than my teenager. You know, it's hugely important that we, we value being a mum. You know, they pass and, of course, you know, you're the other side. I'm not totally the other side. But for those mums in here, who's a mum in here who's, who's empty nest now? Yeah, you know what? It's, it's a big deal. Like, it's not great. Like, <laughs> it's not a nice feeling, you know? So whilst you've got them there, and even when they're... We used to say, my boys used to use our bathroom all the time, even though they had their own. They used to come in because they like my stuff better and all this kind of thing. And we're getting ready, and these two great big men are coming in. And, and every now and again, Mark would say, go use your own flipping bathroom, you know? And it was like... And then after a while, we went, you know what? One day... One day we're going to be wishing they knocked on our bathroom door to say, can we come in, you know? So value that season, you know, really value it. It'll keep those kind of like little principles. We've got one more principle we want to give, but it's really important, isn't it, Rosie? Yeah, because, I mean, we, we've heard women say forever, you know, they're only little for, so, for, for such a short time. Um, but... And so I made a decision early on to, as Penn said, to enjoy every season. I've only had one child and becoming a mother was pretty terrifying for me because I, um, I was removed from my parents when I was three years old and put into an orphanage. So I was in an orphanage for seven years. And then I had three different foster mothers. So I didn't feel particularly qualified to be a very good mum. I, I didn't have, you know, I, I thought I'd be... I was terrified. So I, I can distinctly remember... Um, when I fell pregnant, actually asking God, I said, you better show up because I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> and I said, you've created me to do this, so I expect you to show up. <laughs> and I just had to work it out as I went along. Um, and one, one benefit of that, I can see in hindsight, is I had four or five strong mother figures in my life. And I kind of tried to draw bits from all of them. <laughs> and I say I wove it together into my own patchwork quilt. And, um, and it wasn't easy and there were some real struggles but I made a decision to enjoy every season with my son and to be a mother and a friend to him because that just made sense to me. I know that doesn't work for everybody but I only had one so there was none of that sibling rivalry that went on. And my son is 29 now and he is just one of my favourite people in the world and we have a great relationship and at times when I felt I have failed him, particularly the end of a marriage and having to leave a marital home and set up a home on my own and navigate a joint custody agreement, etc., which I say was probably one of the politest divorces in history. Again, I think respect can carry you a long way when you're having a, a difficult time with somebody just choosing not to go into that really emotional state. And I remember sitting with my 15-year-old saying, I'm, I'm sorry... I'm sorry we've had to go through this, you know. I've done the best that I can. And he said to me, Mum, are you joking? He said, the fact that you've done it differently, I love that. You're an awesome mum. So what's that beautiful saying is it's the cracks where the light comes in. <laughs> love that. So even, I think, letting our imperfections come to the surface okay. allows the creator and the healer 
to fully show up, hey? Are we really meant to have it all together? <laughs> Isn't that a principle we're meant to live by? So let's put that front and centre in motherhood. All I can say is I did, and I've been blessed for, for that. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move on. Oh, oh, that's a short one. Penny's asking how long this song is because she knows they can be long, they long, but this is a short one. Go. <laughs> I like this song. This is for my beautiful sister, Julie. We were the two little girls that held each other's hands through that whole journey I just told you about. And I was having coffee. We have a black coffee club. We meet for breakfast every morning. How long have we done that for now? 12 years? 12, 13, 14 years. And one of our members, Marissa, was talking about our journeys as humans. She said, well, we're all really taproots or tumbleweeds, aren't we? And I went, I love that. We're all the tumbleweeds, the people that need change and like to be flexible and move from one thing to another, like a gypsy. And they said, oh, oh, we're taproots. We need, we're home people. We need our people. We need our home, our solitude, our space. I said, they're going, what am I? And I went, I think I'm really equal parts of both. And I thought about that little girl, those little girls being moved from pillar to post, like little tumbleweeds, having to be flexible having to fit in, having to learn some serious survival skills and resilience. And then I thought about my journey of becoming a mum and how I wanted to know, how do you run a home? How do you run a strong, stable home? How do you put down a taproot and made a safe, nurturing space for children? Because I want to be that mum. I want to have that home that people walk into and you're like... Ah, like my friend Penny has the most, she's the most wonderful homemaker. I go into her home and there are big oversized couches, there is food, there's a fridge, there's a comforting arm. There's Just go, a, go help yourself. There she does, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so Tap Roots and Tumbleweeds got woven into this song about my beautiful sister Jules and those two little girls that worked hard to become uh, mothers to provide a safe solid, secure space for children. And it's called Hey Sister, Sister. <laughs> hey sister, sister, we're like tap roots and tumbleweeds, just looking for a place to lay our heads down. Hey sister, sister, we'll keep traveling on. Deciding when to stay and when to move along. Ooh, 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 ooh. Hey, sister, sister, we're like tall timber trees reaching up to the sky with deeper roots underneath. We'll provide the shelter. Shelter from the storm And a quiet place underneath the leaves That is safe and warm Hey Julie, Julie Remember when we were young Squinting at the camera Holding hands in the blistering sun Running under the tractor sprinkler Just trying to cool down Now we are older but hey Sister, we're still around. Hey, sister, sister, we're like the ocean blue. See a shine and a shimmer 
revive and renew Let's go down to the water Down deep and then We'll rise to the top Kiss the sky and start over again Sister, sister, we're like tap roots and tumbleweeds, just looking for a place to lay our heads down. Hey, sister, sister, we'll keep traveling on, deciding when to stay and when to move along. Deciding when to stay and when to move along. Just like tap roots and tumbleweeds. Just like tap roots and tumbleweeds. Just like tap roots and tumbleweeds. Our last thought here today, and this is our top secret for motherhood, right? Our top secret for motherhood is that motherhood is about sisterhood. You'll make it in motherhood if you've got the sisterhood thing mm -hmm. happening. The secret of motherhood is sisterhood. We were absolutely, as women, built to nurture um, our children and each other during this season. And you know what? My mum modelled that really well in our little community, mm. to not do it alone. And we need to share... We need, to, we need the different generations. We need to cherish one another. We need to watch over one another. We need to comfort one another. We need to speak life over one another and not pull each other down. We need to gather wisdom from each other. And I guess at the end of the day, when kind of like all is kind of falling behind, we actually need to remind each other that, you know what, when your heart is overwhelmed, Rose... I'm going to take you to someone that's even higher than me. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Which is God. So that's what sisterhood is about. It's actually about doing all of that, cherishing, watching, comforting, speaking life and love and standing alongside it and gathering wisdom because we've all got something to help. So that's kind of like our last little thought today. And so important, isn't it, in these modern lives, these modern days with all the gadgets and all the mm. technology, bringing it back to those core values that we all have been given, those core priorities, mm. and acting that out in our daily lives, as Penny said, with our words, our actions, mm -hmm. and supporting each other as women. Because we know how it's a big job being a mama. It's a big, big mm. job, um, along with everything else that's in our, in our modern days and world. And I often remember those ancient images of women Women always gathered together and worked, didn't they? They sat in circles. They threshed wheat. They, they, yeah, they built together. They did. They got in there. They sewed. They, yeah. they, they made time and they sat together mm. while doing and working alongside each other. It's a really mm. lovely picture. Um, I've got a psalm I want to read, but I'm just wondering whether you do. I don't think we've got time. Oh, Okay. All the mums in here. What about we just stand? Just shake it off for a little bit and I just want to read a psalm for you. Is that okay? Um, come on, everyone stretch. If you're standing next to a mum, 
Just kind of maybe if it's comfortable, put your arm on her shoulder or hold her arm or whatever. So this is, this is a psalm of guardianship. And it's actually called the Pilgrim Song, but I'm calling it the Motherhood Pilgrimage um, Psalm today. I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No. My strength comes from God, who made heaven and earth and mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep, not on your life. Your guardian will never doze or sleep. You see, God's your guardian, right at your side to protect you, shielding you from the sunstroke, sheltering you from the moonstroke. God guards you from every evil and he guards your very life. And he guards you when you leave and when you return. And he guards you now and he guards you always. So there we go, mums. Take that today. Thanks for having us. It's been a real privilege. And here's Serena. Thank you so much. That was amazing and there's lots in that. So thank you for sharing through your songs and your words.